Hey, seasoned athletes, I'm Robin Leggett, and this is episode 73 of the Seasoned Athlete Podcast. Seasoned Athlete is your home for inspiring stories and motivational advice from competitive athletes representing a wide variety of sports who all share one common bond. They are all over 40 years old. We are here to prove one story at a time that age does not have to prevent you from achieving your bold athletic and fitness goals. If you like what you hear, I would love it if you'd subscribe, share with your friends, and leave a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. And if you really love us, you can support our ability to continue to bring inspirational stories to you by way of either a one-time donation or by becoming a monthly sponsor. Just go to seasonedathlete.me and click on one of the support seasoned athlete buttons to help support this DIY independent podcast. Today's guest is Spartan Pro Team member Faye Morgan. I chatted with Faye last September at the Spartan World Media Fest brought to you by ATP Science. Faye is an elite Spartan racer, U.S. Marine Corps veteran, and mother of four. She shares a lot of great stuff about balancing being an elite athlete with being a mom of four and shares an incredibly powerful perspective coming from her time and experience in the military. You will want to take notes while listening to this one. So let's get to it. Here is my conversation with Spartan Pro Faye Morgan. I am here at Spartan World Media Fest brought to you by ATP Science. I'm actually not at Spartan World Media Fest. I'm at a house now. I'm doing house calls, <laughs> interviews on the go. So I am here with Spartan Pro Team member Faye Morgan. Welcome to the Season Athlete Podcast. Thanks for having me. Well, Thanks for coming to the house. Yes. It's nice to have a change of venue, yeah. a change of scenery. And this place is amazing. Yeah, so, it's pretty cool. So yeah, I, you know, I have podcasts, we'll travel. That's how it goes. I love it. So, Faye, um, before we get started with anything, you are an elite Spartan racer, mm -hmm. Spartan Pro Team member, mother of four, right? Mm -hmm. Yes, ma'am. Yeah. So that's that's a lot. <laughs> it's a lot to take in. <laughs> yes. And a lot to manage, I'm sure. It so is, we're yeah. going to get into that. But before we do, I'm going to ask you the question I ask all my guests, and that is, what is your age at this moment in time? I'm 42 years old. 42 years old. <laughs> all right. So... Um, how long have you been involved in Spartan Race? So I did my first Spartan in 2011, and it was back when they held the SoCal Race in Temecula, California at Vail Lake, which is only about 10 minutes from my house. So I figured, why not give it a shot? I had a good running background, but I had limited OCR background. Um, but I, I knew a little bit about getting dirty and crawling on my hands and knees and doing the barbed wire stuff just from my background in the Marine Corps. So we had a little bit of element of, of obstacle course training, um, but more in the traditional mil military sense, not so much in the, the OCR The world. fun sense. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> and then uh, let's get into your background. So uh, when did your athletic life get started? Wow. So I come from a family of five girls and my father was a Seattle firefighter for 30 years and always claimed that he never, you know, he was good with the five girls, never wanted a son. But I think deep down, you know, <laughs> uh, wanted to not turn us into boys, but we definitely weren't the girly types. And we were out in the yard. I remember he would get us to uh, clean up the yard and all the rocks by, we'd basically have to one by one pick up rocks, put them in a bucket. And instead of just taking that bucket somewhere, we would have to throw each rock one by one again into the, this lake we lived on. So we'd work on our throwing arm. So just kind of like stuff like that growing up. He always had creative ways to, I don't know, get us stronger and to teach us how to get dirty. And um, that's kind of the environment we grew up in. So um, I had a mom who actually in the 80s raced competitive triathlons and marathons and lots of road racing. So that was just kind of how we grew up. And that was our norm. And 
it kind of carried over into uh, running in high school and then running in college and then running in the Marine Corps and then to today. So tell me about the Marine Corps and how it shaped you as an athlete and as a person. Yeah. So gosh, um, the Marines, it, kind of, it really came to me in a sense. I went straight into college after high school. Um, and after my junior year, I had met someone that had gone through the officer program, told me all about it. And I thought, this is kind of right up my alley. Um, wasn't really sure what I wanted to do after I got my degree, but I knew I wanted to continue to be active and I knew I had to build my resume. So the Marine Corps gave me both of those things. One, obviously you're getting hands-on leadership experience right away. Um, and two, you have no choice but to do physical things and yeah. try to keep up with your the men and women around you. So it was a great first job as it was. Um, and so, yeah, I was commissioned after I graduated in 1999 as a second lieutenant. And then I went through officer training uh, in Quantico, Virginia. Uh, they sent all the Marine Corps lieutenants through the basic school. And it's basically six months of basic training. So you go through that. Um, and that's actually where I was first exposed to like the obstacle course and um, running and just doing everything. But this time you're in like full boots and utilities. We call them boots and utes and mm -hmm. um, carrying a weapon and learning about all about like what a marksman does and what that Marine rifleman does um, and some great leadership uh, lessons out there. So uh, grew from that. And I was stationed in uh, Camp Pendleton, California for four years, um, deployed a few times, and then eventually got out in 2006. And then how did your athletic life continue beyond that? So I actually was fortunate enough to make the Marine Corps marathon team. So most of the branches of the military have like an all Marine sports team. So, you know, Army, Navy, Air Force, you name it, they have like an all Marine basketball team, all Marine volleyball team and um, they had running as well. So every year we would go and run the Marine Corps marathon. Um, we would fly over to London and do a London half marathon. Um, we would train for a week in Park City, Utah. And this is all like, well, serving my country. So it was like a very unique experience yeah. where I was wearing the uniform, but I was felt like I was a professional athlete, so to speak, even though we were far below like a professional athlete's standards. Yeah. But still, it was cool to like run these races and have a singlet that said Marine Corps. Yeah. Just USA. the look and feel yeah. of a professional athlete. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, I had such a great experience in the Marine Corps, but there were a lot of difficult times. And I don't want to say I stood out as a female Marine, but we stand out. Yeah. yeah there about 1% of the officer corps is made up of females. So you're going to yeah. be flagged a little bit. And for me, like I was a good runner and I was strong and I could do pull-ups and do all the strength stuff. So it helped kind of give me a, a decent name because I was faster than a lot of the men and, or as fast. Um, and it just helped kind of bring out my confidence in, in leadership capabilities, just having that, that base to stand on that, like, Hey, I can run as fast as you and I can do 20 pull-ups. So let's kind of, you know, go from there. Yeah. So. <laughs> Eliminate the separation. Yeah. Here. Yeah. 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 Um, and then how did this, so that was 2006. Yeah. So, were... um, 99 through 06 was, were my active duty years. Mm -hmm. Um, I deployed, I was in Kuwait, uh, right before for 2002, pretty much the entire year I was over in Kuwait and we were kind of standing up and preparing for what happened in 2003, which was operation Iraqi freedom and enduring mm -hmm. freedom. So, I went home for a little bit and then I was deployed to Iraq uh, from like January of 03 
through the summertime. So I was there for about six months. And then I got stationed in Portland, Oregon on recruiting duty. So they pulled me from <laughs> the combat uh, area and, and I got to live in Portland, Oregon and, and find new new Marines to fill the ranks. So yeah. It was a good experience. Yeah. 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 Um, now heading into your Spartan years. So that was 2011? Yeah. So 2011 was when I, when I did my first race. So I'd really never gotten away from trail running and racing and ro- mostly road stuff. Um, but... In the like in between that, I, we started having children. I had my first son in 2008, and then we had uh, Wyatt in 2010. So it was like right after that when I got into the Spartan racing. Yeah. So, so you had two kids at yeah, the we time. Yeah, two kids at the time, and um, my husband actually did the, his first Spartan before I even knew what it was. It was like a Malibu Sprint. Oh yeah, that. back in the day. Sure you know about that? Come from LA. Yeah, yeah. That's um, the one everybody talks about. Yeah. Like I came into it after that. Okay. But yeah. Everybody's like, oh, is it in Malibu? I'm like it was. Yeah, it was. <laughs> I don't think I'll ever go back there again. Yeah. But um, yeah. So he had done one, then I was like, oh, I gotta do this. This is like, mm-hmm. like right, right up now. my alley. <laughs> it was. So I did the first one. And I was totally hooked. So. Yeah. When you started, were you racing elite? Yeah, or? so I, I I raced elite and I did fine and I would podium it. And back then, I don't want to take away from the sport, but like it, I did push half as hard as I do now. And I like easy podium. Easy well, it, it doesn't take away from the sport. There no, were fewer people. Yeah, far less. No one really knew about it then. And it was just, you know, definitely like fun day of racing. Now I, I race and I'm like, that was hard. So <laughs> it's just a different element, you know, a different way to push your body. But back then it was, you know, far fewer people, people, the numbers are smaller, but yeah. it's still pretty awesome. So let's talk about the evolution of the sport as you have gotten older. So obviously the sport is bigger. It's more competitive. It's more intense. Uh, you have had more children, mm-hmm. <laughs> so you have more responsibilities Absolutely. and yet you are still competing at the top at the highest level. Um, what does it take for you to compete at that level with everything you have in your life? So just good balance and just kind of being smart about what you want to prioritize in your training. So for me, like, I mean, I feel like 85% of what we do, maybe 90% of a race is, is running. Right. Mm -hmm. So uh, a lot of my focus is, is, is running. That's what I'm doing. You know, 85% of the time in my training. Um, But I do focus a lot on the strength piece. And then, you know, once I've got my training chunk blocked out, then, you know, obviously got to make sure everything else is not falling behind. So um, making sure the kids know that like, me as a mom, that comes before anything else. So they love that I do these races, but you know, it's also hard on them for me to leave these, these weekends that I come up to places like this. And, you know, um, so just like the balance piece is, is tough, but I've got a supportive hus- husband and kids that think this is pretty cool that their mom gets to do this. So as long as we kind of have that understanding, it's you know not hard to make it work. Yeah. 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 And, and how is it for you? Like, because a lot of mothers often have a hard time putting themselves first. Um, how has it helped you or how has it been for you to have this component in your life? And how has that trickled down to how how you are with your family or in other areas of your life? Yeah. So, you know, I think back to serving in the Marine Corps and, and the leaders that I felt like were the best. And they were the ones who led by example. So they didn't lead by telling, they led by doing. And so I hope that that's happening with my kids, that they see me out there doing this hard stuff and running and lifting these heavy things when I don't really have to be doing it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we all push push ourselves in a way um, that it's 
you know, it's, it's tough. So I, I just hope that they, they see what I'm doing and, you know, I'm leading by example for them. Yeah. Being a strong mom and. Do they like active stuff? Are they? Oh active? yeah, completely. Um, you know, I don't want to push the stuff I do on them, but they've done Spartan races and they love it. Uh, but they do other stuff too. They do jujitsu and they're just super active. They all play sports and, um, yeah. So like I said, you know, if they don't want to be a Spartan racer, I'm okay with that, but it is pretty cool to see them out there doing it. And when they're done, they feel that sense of accomplishment that we've all felt. Yeah. You're like, you, cool you see, I know this. Yeah, absolutely. So something I've noticed, um, when it comes now that they've eliminated masters elite women. So years ago, or masters elite competitors years ago when there was elite and then there was masters elite. And if you were over 40, you could have your own podium mm-hmm. for masters elite. And this was before they had age group divisions. Yeah. And then a year or two ago, they created age group divisions, which they age groups do not compete for money. They just compete for medals. Um, and then they eliminated masters yeah. elite. Um, so something I've noticed is that there really is kind of a small club of women, particularly who have chosen to stay in elite I'm not decided to move to age group. Um, And of course, I pay attention to all of you. So um, why do you choose to race elite where maybe it might be a little easier to get on a podium because you're racing against people who are much younger than you um, and the women who are also in their 40s? You're racing against everybody who are are all racing at the top of their game. What made you choose to focus on elite racing as opposed to maybe moving to age group? Yeah, so this is something I question every year. And I made a hard decision this year that I was going to continue to stay on the elite side. 2017, actually here in Tahoe was the last year they had the world championship master's division. And I had a great race that day. And I was fortunate enough to stand next to Hobie. He and I both uh, were the the top 40 podium winners that day, which is a pretty cool memory. Yeah. Um, And he's been on the show. Oh yeah. Yeah. I love Hobie. (laughs) He's a legend. Um, so that year was tough with with that going away. So, and there was, and I don't know if the listeners know, but there was money for Masters that year. Yes. Um, not as much, but like a good chunk. And it was pretty exciting and, and kept it interesting. Um, so that was definitely a good incentive to continue racing like the Masters level. Mm-hmm. But um, I, for now, I feel like I'm still able to hit podium here and there. I've gotten a couple podiums this year, you know, top 10 finishes. So I feel like I'm still kind of hanging on, but, you know, I can kind of see too, like the more I focus in on me as an elite athlete and being a Spartan pro, it does take away from like me being a mom and all that other stuff. So I just, as long as I'm able to kind of like keep my family first and prioritize and, and, make sure it's still fun and everything, you know, I will continue to do it. But once something's starting to give, I'm going to take a hard look at maybe reassessing and maybe going with the age group. So it's just tough to say. So, um, for now, I think I'm in a good spot. Um, I think I was ended up 13th in the, the national series after it was all, all the shakeout. Um, so, I think for now I'm I'm in the right place, but you know I'm going to kind of reassess as each season yeah comes upon take me. it year by year yeah. Well, and I have mad respect for the women who have chosen to go on that path yeah and stay in elite because I know it is a greater challenge, particularly in these high level races like World Championships yeah. that's happening this weekend. So, but it it just shows it's like 
the motivation to race with and against the best yeah. and push yourself at the highest limit that you can, yeah. regardless of where you end up, totally. you know? Yeah. And I think for most people over 40, like you start feeling it more and more, you know, like mm. it's a little bit tougher to wake up after a race day and you got a few more creeks here and there. And, you know, so I'm sure that will eventually keep up for now. Like it's, it's been fine, but as the years pass, I just have to reassess as, as I go and, yeah. and make that decision. So. so as an athlete over age 40, what has been key for you to be able to race at your highest level? Yeah. So the biggest piece for me is just recovery. Like, yeah. Taking time. I mean, usually I would get like a chunk of 90 minutes per day to like knock out my workout. And then when I'm done, like I'm back to mom, like my kids mm -hmm. need me. So I'd always say, oh, I'm going to go foam roll in front of the TV or hang out. Like I like, would never get to it. Mm -hmm. But now I don't really have a choice. So I just, if I'm going to foam roll, like I'll have my daughter scout with me and we're spending time. So I'm still doing that active recovery, but they're right there with me. So I'm not taking away from everything, but it just has to be priority. Yeah. Um, we have a hot tub at home, so I'll fire that thing up. I'll sit in there while the kids are swimming. Mm -hmm. Like, that's a, a good tool for me, but just just being smart about it. So, yeah. Yeah. And I hear it all the time on yeah. the show, like several times today. Yeah. <laughs> the interviews I've done today, the importance of recovery. And so so many of us, like, we just figure out, we don't figure out, we don't find the time. Yeah. Like, we deprioritize it. When you're younger, you definitely deprioritize it. Yeah. And then we don't have that habit ingrained, mm -hmm. so it's hard to prioritize that. And it's so, so important. Totally. Yeah. So, to be able to perform at your peak, especially as we get older, it's mm -hmm. like you said, you have to find the time and, yeah. and loop that into your whole routine. Yeah. Um, so, this actually leads well into this question, and we might have already just answered it, but... What do you find are the biggest challenges that you face as an over 40 athlete currently um, performing at the level that you're at? Um, so, yeah, the big piece is just the age. Like in my 20s, like would not need to spend any time on recovery and felt great, felt awesome. Wake up in the morning, everything was you know, felt amazing. But so that there's that piece just kind of like how your body's reacting to the load you're putting on it and the, the high volume stuff. Um, diet's huge. Just making sure you're fueling, you know, everything that you're, you're putting out. Um, and that's tough sometimes with a family and making good decisions like nutritionally and, and all yes. that. Yeah. Um, and I think just the, the balance. So just, you know, taking a hard look at the week ahead and just making sure that you're hitting all those key workouts, but you're also taking some time to, to work that recovery. And I've been seeing, um, like a massage therapist that'll hit trigger points every week and, um, doing physical therapy, even if it's not for an injury injury, but for preventative stuff too. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, the gosh, it could be like a full-time job going from like appointment to this, to that, to the gym, to, you know, the trails. Um, but for, for me, like I don't have, a lot of times to have time to make it a full-time job, getting the kids to school and, you know, running them out, out to sports and, and, you know, you pulled in a lot of directions and then, you know, oh, by the way, I'm still trying to be a good wife too. And so I'm paying some attention to my husband and just kind of, you know, making it all work. But some days it's prettier than others. Um, but at the end of the day, like the great thing is that I've got four kids that, you know, we're teaching them how to be good young adults. And I've got a husband that loves and supports me and you just, you kind of just make it work. Yeah. You know? I imagine there's a lot of scheduling that happens yeah, in your life. Yeah, huge amount. A lot of like calendars with color coding and stuff. Yes. That's how I envision it right now. <laughs> I don't know if I have like an Excel spreadsheet <laughs> or if I have the template, but 
you know, we make it happen. We get to where yeah. we need to be. And yeah. It works. You touched on something that I actually want to dive into a little bit because it's, it's important. I think people listening would be like, I want to know more about this. Mm-hmm. And that's the nutrition aspect and balancing good nutrition for yourself and the family. Mm-hmm. So what are some tips you can give for mothers who are trying to eat better, fuel their bodies for competitive events, but have to manage the food needs and maybe the the, the pickiness or whatever totally. that happens with kids? Yeah. I mean, you can like lead a horse to water, you know, that whole <laughs> thing, but like I'll put, you know, greens in front of my kids all day and they won't touch them. But I mean, if I keep doing it, they finally will give it a shot. So I think for us, it's just like exposing them to the options that are out there instead of just like, all right, let's go chicken fingers and fries again. Like, and if they see that we're trying to make this effort and eat all in a balanced way, eventually it's going to filter down to them. So just ex- exposure um, is a huge part of it. Uh, I used to have a huge issue with trying to even get them to eat veggies and whatnot. So the, the biggest thing that's helped this year is um, I'll just do some meal prep ahead of time. So I just put a chop of veg- veggies, put them in a Tupperware thing so they can just grab them. And it's just, it's right there and easy. It's already, in, it's already pre-separated. It's like, exactly. this is what you get. Yeah. So if you want to eat. It is, it's true. <laughs> so and just, yeah, limiting the, the other processed options for them. So yeah. either not having them in the house or keeping them high up on the shelf or just, it's just a non-option. But it's tough because the easy thing is just a throw a bag of Doritos in their face yeah. and move on. Well, and a, for a lot of parents, that's this is the thing that hinders them from eating well because they have to feed their family, so they're going to eat what their family yeah, eats. absolutely. Instead of kind of making it the other way around, where yeah. it's like, I want to eat this and I need to eat this. Therefore, we're all going to yeah. try this, yeah. you know? Yeah. And I'm guessing it takes a lot of attempts sometimes, yeah. but, you know, you just keep being repetitive about it. Yep. And at some point, they're going to, you know. <laughs> they want to eat. Yeah. <laughs> if they want to eat they food. Have any other choice. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So we talked about the challenges you face. I always like to ask, you know, kind of go to the other side. And what benefits do you feel you experience as an athlete in your 40s that maybe your younger counterparts yeah. are not experiencing? So, gosh, I was thinking about this because I had a post about it a couple of weeks ago and was kind of thinking about, well, what drives me? What what makes me tick as an athlete? And why do I even do this? Um, and I feel like in my 20s, it wasn't so apparent, but... Um, having that military background and having served and being surrounded by Marines and those that have been in combat. I was fortunate. I never was injured in war. I never, I mean, we saw a few things that weren't comfortable seeing, but for the most part, like I didn't pull a trigger. I didn't get shot. Nothing like that. Um, No Humvee I rode in was blown up, but it was around us and we served with Marines that that did happen to and who didn't come home or came home and, and can't walk anymore. And they don't get to toe the line and, and run these races. So I think looking back on my twenties and early thirties, like you see kind of what you went through and those who didn't come out and come home and that you get to continue to, to move your body and, and, even get to the start line and get through these races with an able body and with your eyesight and all, and all those things. So, I mean, that's like kind of the biggest lesson and takeaway from, from those years and something that stays with me. Just yeah. It's like a sense of gratitude. hundred yeah. percent. Yeah. 
gratitude of what you get to do. Like you, this weekend, you get to suffer on I this mountain. To. Yeah. yeah, we all get to. Like, <laughs> we all how suffering cool together. Is that? Yeah. I mean, I don't know. It's kind of a big, a lot to take in when you think of it in that sense. But I don't know. I feel like that's my old lady. Like, you know, we've gone through all this stuff, but we get to be out here doing this. Yeah. So. And for those who don't exercise, I think they have to, or they're reluctant. It's like you have a body and you get to use it and it can do amazing things. That's a privilege. That's amazing. Like take advantage. Don't, don't let that go. So even like getting anxiety about the suffer fest that's going to happen tomorrow on Sunday, Mm -hmm. um, you know, thinking about it's three hours of suffering. I mean, you think about yeah, for you it's three hours. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, but that, true, whatever amount of hours. Whatever you're out amount. <laughs> yeah, it'll be over by sunset. Yes, let's say. But you know, these guys that come back and and ladies who they're going to suffer for the, for the rest of their lives yeah. with whatever injuries they have, or they're not even here to be able to suffer. So, it just gives me a perspective of yeah, just That's gratitude. Huge. Like yeah. I can I can suck it up for four hours and you know get through this. And, yeah. And honor those who can't. Absolutely. You know? yeah. 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 That's a beautiful answer. <laughs> I don't know if that's where you're at. It's, no, it's actually, I ask this question a lot. Yeah. And I get things like, you know, I have experience, I have wisdom, I know my body, mm-hmm. I know my limits, yeah. you know, all of those things. That's the first time that someone has come to me with, with that. And that's a deep, powerful answer. Um, and hopefully will resonate with, yeah. with the listeners as well. So whether or not I was expecting that answer is a very good answer. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so yeah. thank you. Um, for those who are curious about trying a new sport, whether it's road running, trail running, Spartan, uh, that might be a little bit older, what advice would you have for those people? I would say that, you know, most people that want to try maybe are intimidated so they don't end up doing it. Um, but I think the biggest w- or the best way to attack it would be just kind of break it down into smaller pieces. So, you know, those that are brand new to the sport and just think, oh, there's no way I can ever do a Spartan race, just break it down in chunks. So it's kind of what I've come to learn the term chunking and it's not something I made up. I think it's actually like from the Navy SEALs, but how they got through hell week, mm-hmm. you know? So it, it wasn't like, get, let's get through the seven days. Cause that can be overwhelming. And then that's when a, a Navy SEAL would ring the bell, mm-hmm. but to, to break it down, maybe in chunks of, Hey, I'm going to make it to the next meal. I'm going to get through this training evolution. Uh, it's going to be suffer fast, but I just have to get to lunch and then I get to eat and then get to for 10 minutes, just, you know, no one can bother me. <laughs> and then it's back to the suffer fest. So kind of just breaking it down in those chunks. So just, you know, for an athlete that's wanting to attack like a new sport, um, let's go out for a run, go out for a two mile run. All right. That wasn't so bad. Right. Okay. So tomorrow I'm going to do the two mile run. I'm going to do 20 pushups after, and then just build from that. So it, it, you're not having to attack that beast right away. You're, you're just sort of hitting a little bit of the sprint. Yeah. So makes sense. Can you tell me about your worst race, like your worst event? Do you, do you have an answer for that? I had a terrible 2016 Tahoe experience, but that was, I had run the one race in Pala, which was like the new Temecula was there mm-hmm. for one year. So I did that race and I somehow managed to qualify for the world championship. I think cause it was so late in the season. So they kind of did the trickle down thing. So I got yeah. my coin and I came completely unprepared. I was just 
pretty much doing only like high intensity CrossFit stuff. Didn't have any volume built up. Yeah. Was still nursing Logan. Um, and it was just like, it was just a bad, bad scene. <laughs> so it was, and I just wasn't ready for the elements. And I think it was like 85th. Yeah. But I did it. You did it. I you didn't got, quit. And, you know, I'll never forget that race, but it was like a, a pretty low point performance wise yeah. for me. What was your biggest takeaway from that? Biggest thing you just, learned? Well, that my volume needed to substantially <laughs> increase. So I actually started running a ton. And the next year I got um, 25th. So that nice. helps. Just nice. that running piece, I think, yeah. is is kind of everything. This venue is an eye opener. Yeah. You know, that was my first race was 2016. So yeah. that was a big eye opener for me. Yeah. First beast. First. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, yeah, this race, you'll leave this race any year and you'll know what you need to do for the next year. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. You have no choice. Yeah. What was your best race? Um... So I think that 2017 was a good one for me. That was the year I won the Masters. Um, and then 25th overall, that was a good one. But um, I had a great, memorable, fun race, Monterey of 2018. I think one, because one of my heroes in the sport, Amelia Boone, was racing and she won and I got second. So standing next to her on the podium was like pretty cool for me. Yeah. Um, and I had a bunch of friends run that race. It was, and I ran a perfect race. It just was like everything kind of came together. And that felt, that felt pretty dang good. And it was like kind of cool. Two months later, she was on the cover of Runner's World. And like my kids were like, Mom, you were on the podium with her. And like I'm not even – like I'm not on her level. But like it was just cool to kind of be – You know, any sort of comparison, yes. right? Yeah. So that was pretty <laughs> cool. Um, I have a bunch of like memorable races from when I ran in the Marines. I think that was something special. I'll never forget just wearing – the uniform and rep representing, it just felt like you were representing your country and, and kind of a cool time. So, yeah, um, I think those those two were like the most, the biggest memories for me. Very cool. So before we wrap up, uh, first of all, if people want to follow you, uh, you, you do some great posts on Instagram, by the way, I was showing off the, the handstand post at the gym. <laughs> I was showing that to people in my gym. I'm like, Look at the people in the background of this post. That was pretty funny. Yeah. So you did a post where you were at, you were at like a basic box gym. Well, right? like an EOS fitness, which yeah. is like your LA fitness. Yeah. And so, so, you know. People aren't used to seeing weird stuff. You were doing parallel like, handstands yeah. while people were on the elliptical behind you. Yeah. There was really no other place to do it. But <laughs> I've been there though. I've been to LA fitness tying ropes onto the pull-up bar okay. to do rope pull-ups. And I I know that feeling yes, of being the know. weirdo in, yeah. the, in, the, in the box gym. Yep. But you got to do what you got to do. Yeah. You know. I've been the one carrying a giant dumbbell on the treadmill. And, yeah. you know, so I know, like, I get that. Yep. <laughs> I'm not at your level. I'm not at the parallel handstand level, <laughs> but just watching the the uh, treadmill moms. Yeah, the treadmill you know? moms. <laughs> and it's, yeah, I try to keep it fun. And I I was a gymnast from age five, so I have an unfair jumping off point. Sure. Um, yeah, so handstands are that kind makes of me in better. my bag. <laughs> I know. I uh, Sometimes I feel a little bit guilty about running, you know, walking around on my hands, but I've been hey, doing it since I was young. It. And it's, it's such a great workout for us to tax that upper body system mm -hmm. and then try to go right back into like pull-ups and rig work. So yeah. for me, it's been really good training. Even though I get the weird looks at the gym, I'm kind of okay with it. You gotta, you just gotta come to terms with yeah. it if that's where you're working out. So you, the whole point of that is that your Instagram is very entertaining and informative. Thank you. How can people follow you? So I'm on Instagram on uh, FAYEMOCR. So it's F-A-Y-E-M-O-C-R. And yeah, I kind of, you know, I'm not the best at keeping up on my, like maybe once a week I'll post and kind of do fun stories. And I just try to keep it like organic and mm -hmm. just kind of tells a story in my life and what I'm doing. And 
Yeah. Yeah. So if people enjoy the story and want to know more, they can follow you there. Absolutely. Before we go, I'm going to ask you to give one parting piece of wisdom to our listeners. You have one parting piece of wisdom that you want to impart upon the season athlete listeners today. I think I'm just going to have to go back to, you know, that mantra when things get hard in a race or even just in your everyday, just tell yourself, Hey, I get to do this. You get to be here. You get to walk, you get to breathe, you get to wake up every morning. And most of us with an able body. And so that's what I say to myself when things get hard. That Hey, I get yeah. to do this. Yeah. So. That's awesome. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Thank, thank you, you for, for having me. Thank you for being on the season <laughs> athlete. And I'm so excited to see how you do this weekend. Have a great race despite the elements. <laughs> right. You know, despite everything, we're all in this together and you Indeed. get and you get to do this. So Absolutely. have a blast out there. And thank you so much for being on the season athlete. Thanks, Robin. All right, season athletes. Here are my top three takeaways from Faye Morgan. Number one, one of the biggest challenges for moms is finding the time or making the time to train. As a mother of four, Faye knows this all too well. She has found that balance, prioritizing, and involving her kids whenever she can helps. For example, recovery is a huge priority for Faye, so she tries to involve her kids in her active recovery time whenever possible. Make time for your training priorities and involve your family if you can. Number two, Faye looks to the leaders from her time in the military as an example for how she leads her family. As she said, the leaders she learned from led by doing rather than saying. So she shows her kids the benefits of living a healthy and active lifestyle by showing them the benefits that come with the hard work she puts in. By doing so, she has inspired her kids to pursue active activities that spark their interests. And number three, perspective is a huge thing when it comes to the concept of pain and suffering in our own lives. During her time in the military, she met people whose lives were forever altered and changed by their experience and some of them didn't even come home at all. It serves as a constant reminder that the opportunity to put ourselves through challenging things and suffer as a choice is a gift. And as such, we should always look at it with a sense of gratitude. We get to move our bodies. We get to hit the start line and see what we can do. Whatever suffering we experience in our workouts or in our races, that's short compared to what many veterans go through for the rest of their lives. That perspective shift that really stuck with me since our conversation. And it's an important reminder for all of us. Thanks again to Faye Morgan. Follow her racing adventures and get even more inspiration from her at FayMoCR on Instagram. Thank you for listening to the Seasoned Athlete Podcast. The music you heard in this episode is from a musician who may have endured some suffering for his art over the years, but is still thrilled that he gets to do this. Jason Achilles. Learn more about him at jasonachilles.com. I just want to wrap up with a special invitation for the seasoned athlete women listening today. I have created a free Facebook community just for women over 40 who strive to live a more athletic life. And I want you to be a part of it. It's called Ageless Women Athletes. And it's a place just for us women over 40 to connect with others like us who want to age like an athlete. We have women from a variety of sports in all levels in the group, getting to know each other, sharing, and lifting each other up. It's really cool. All we're missing is you. Join our athletic aging revolution right now at facebook.com slash groups slash ageless women athletes. And then get fired up to go embrace your extraordinary, my fellow seasoned athletes, because you so can.